Welcome to The Breakdown, where we dig deeper into Sunday sermon, talk about life, and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Welcome back to another episode of The Breakdown. I'm here with Nick. Hey, hey, hey. Super glad to be back again on The Breakdown. Loving uh, this podcast and just the chance to you know, hash out everything I got wrong in the sermon and all that good stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, hey, before we even get started, man, I love, um, I, I don't know really if Eric Reynolds was afraid that you're going to fall off the stage. Yeah, he, I'm sure he really was. Yeah, he's, he's protecting you maybe from, uh, you know, a fall. But when he, when he did that, he posted that on Facebook. Yeah. I never really realized how close you are to the stage. Like, you like that that spot where where it's like dangerous like right. right on the edge right on the edge and yeah. i do that in the in our main room too yeah where i'll get out and lean over the front of the podium and i don't know what it, it i was somebody else was joking about it with me when they saw that they said i was worried about you sunday too but i didn't <laughs> say anything and i was like there's just something where i feel drawn to the people like yeah. it's like i want to lean out over everybody sometimes because whether you know you're trying to make a point or you're just you know, you're just so in it that you want to really make that connection. So there's a little, uh, you know, another preacher aside of some of the things we we wrestle with or feel that, you know, quote unquote, tug with when you're preaching is that, uh, you know, sometimes you want to be like one of those rock stars that's hung up on a, on the wires. And you could swing out over the. Pre- <laughs> that seems like a little bit. Hey, we can we can make it happen. I'm sure yeah. Kai could uh, rig you something probably up. Probably so, man. Probably so. I don't want to be a rock star, but no, I do. No. You know, I do want to make that connection. So oh, that's funny. It also it also keeps people's attention just in case you do fall off. Bill. That's right. Yeah, that exactly. would be a story. You know, those are the things that people love the most is when I give them something they can laugh at yeah. me about. I mean, it's in scripture. Dude fell the window and <clears> falls. Was preaching, That's it. So, yeah, yeah, I'd like to not be that dude, fall down and die. So, <laughs> oh man, all right. So, our question to start out our podcast this week um, really came from a spot. From I mean, I'm interested in this question, so I was like, yeah. why not ask it on the podcast? Sure. But um, what people would you recommend, either Christian leaders, theologians, authors uh, of of today's period, um, to people for people to read or check out on YouTube or listen to their messages? Yeah, so I listen to um, I, I listen to a lot of people and and try to read a lot of people. So it's a it's a good question, but it's one of those broad questions for me because I think about all the different things I surround myself with. Whether it's like the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast, which I love. Um, one of my favorite preachers now is uh, Alistair Begg, who's been around forever, but he has the Truth for Life podcast. Uh, he also has a Scottish accent, so it's awesome. Yeah. Like you could just, he could pretty much just be saying anything and it's awesome to hear him preach. He actually lives in like Philadelphia or something like up, huh. up kind of up north, but um, he's from Scotland. So he's one of my favorite. For a long time, I listened to Matt Chandler. I, I love Chandler. I, I'm kind of moved on to Bay where I listen to him a little bit more now yeah. than I do uh, Chandler, although Chandler's still solid. Uh, but as far as reading and actually answering your question, Tim Keller for me is one of those that if he has a book, I'm usually going to read it. Uh, I just feel like he is really talented at bringing things down to earth. Mm-hmm. Now, he's still a little high minded sometimes, yeah. but he can bring it down to your level and say, hey, you know, dummies like me, he can help me understand something that 
theologically maybe I'd wrestle with. And then finally, I know this is a long question to a long answer to a simple question, but Jack Cottrell, who is a longtime Christian church theologian, taught forever at Cincinnati Bible College, um, later Cincinnati Christian University. He is, in my opinion, the foremost theologian in our tribe of churches that's ever been. I yeah, mean, I, yeah. I put him right up there with, you know, Alexander Campbell, Thomas Campbell, uh, you know, the Barton W. Stones, those guys that were founders of our movement. Yeah. To me, he's on par with them. And in a lot of ways, because he wrote a systematic theology called The Faith Once for All, that in many ways to me puts him over the top because he's left behind and, and unfortunately he is he is dying of cancer right now. Um, that that will leave such a legacy for our churches and for the church in yeah. general. Because the funny thing is, I, I was even listening to Mark Driscoll some years ago, and you know, he's he's fallen out of favor for some for a variety of reasons, but Driscoll was actually referencing the faith once for all. Huh. And he's not even a part of our yeah. churches, not a part of our tribe at all. Yeah. But he was talking about really good theologians, but theologians that were not Calvinists. Hmm. And so he falls in that camp. And he said, if you want to read from somebody that's not a Calvinist, but knows their stuff, yeah. you should check out Jack Cottrell. Yeah. So that just speaks to the difference he's made kind of across the board. So yeah, that's mine. I know that's a really broad I, answer. But I, I like that. How, how yeah. about you for you? Yeah, for me, man, I do not like reading like the old, old stuff. Right. Like, sure. Oh man, I struggle with that. Spurgeon. Uh, and, that kind of in stuff. school, I, I I didn't really, you know, I, I don't care for it. But um, I like to pick and choose like why I listen to people. Like for example, example um, John Piper and MacArthur. I love how they preach, mm -hmm. like how they deliver a message. And so I try to get a lot of stuff from that. Um, I'm always convicted on whatever they're speaking about and their their passion. Really like them. Um, recently, I've been listening to. Um, uh, oh, I just lost his name. Uh, Apologia Studios. He's with uh, Apologia Studios. Jeff Durbin okay. uh, for yeah. apologetics. Yep. Uh, he loves to to debate, and he's really um, big with reaching out to uh, the Mormons. And I really like. Uh, his like pro-life stuff and mm -hmm. how he he kind of uh, it's from a scientific movement but it's based all through scripture he's like the reason you shouldn't be doing this is because god said not to do it that's right so it's not only this scientific measure but straight from scripture so i really like him i think i just saw him the other day did he have something recently where he was doing something like on a pier he was asking stopping people on like a pier you know out on the beach and he was asking those kinds of questions that I, cause I think it was around abortion. I feel oh, like this yeah. is the dude I'm thinking of. I'm pretty sure that was his name, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like, I like listening to his stuff. He has a podcast and then um, for family stuff, like specific with family, I, and I don't agree with everything this guy teaches is sure. Douglas Wilson. Okay. Um, <laughs> he is, man, I love his book. He's been around forever. Yeah. For, for, the War of the Cosmos, the Household in the War of the Cosmos or something like that, mm. um, which kind of spurred me on to write my master's paper about the family and the family dynamics. Um, and so he was pretty influential in just kind of how Heather and I are pursuing our family and um, like her staying home and the reasons why and stuff like that. So 
that's pretty good. Uh, I like that. Uh, as far as reading uh, goes, uh, I like uh, Walton. I, I can't think of his, his first name, but um, he wrote a book on Genesis, which I just finished reading. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just about Genesis 1. Mm. And I, I love his writing style. Um, very deep, but he is relatable. Mm -hmm. and that's what I like about it. Um, I have to... I have to get his name and maybe put it on the podcast notes, yeah. uh, his first name. But uh, yeah, there's so many great choices. That's the yeah. thing, you know, people people go to a church and say, oh, you know, I'm not getting fed. I'm not getting fed, blah, 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 blah. And you just think like the, the absolute, if you're not getting fed, like that's on you because yeah. there are so many things out in podcast, the world now. I mean, podcasts and sermons online. Yeah. Audible, you could go on and on and on. And and you know, churches in many—it's many things, and certainly part of that is about feeding you on a Sunday morning. But that should be like one meal yeah. of a myriad of meals that happen for you all through the week. Yeah. So I just think like, man, you're not getting fed. That's that's on you for sure. <laughs> Which kind of leads us to Sunday's message. Yeah. Uh, we're going through this series uh, on the miracles of Jesus, uh, and specifically um, like his his heart. Um, and, and what they, their meaning is. And so this week, uh, we talked about Jesus as cleaner, um, specifically with the miracle of this lady who uh, had this blood issue. And so kind of give us maybe um, a synopsis on this miracle, and then we'll jump into specifics. Yeah, so maybe one of the coolest things about this miracle is that Jesus is on his way to do a different miracle, um, going to heal uh, Jairus's daughter, uh, he gets this kind of called in because this official's daughter is dying. And so he's on the way to that. And there's a press of people around him because already people are drawn to him because of the miracles, which, of course, is partially why he does them. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's like reason number four, you yeah. know, but it is a partial reason. So yeah, on his way to do this, a woman who has this issue of blood, she's been having this bleeding issue for 12 years uh, and she has been outcast by her people. She would not have been able to go to the temple. She was ceremoniously unclean and could not get clean because of this bleeding issue, you know, versus a normal, I mean, everybody knows female period cycle, right? You just come once a month kind of a thing, and you're going to go through that process. And during that time, you would not be able to go to the temple until that stopped. But she had this issue with, of continual bleeding. And you just think about that, like, it's crazy. So uh, as she uh, sees Jesus, she has this thought. It says she thought, if I could just get to Jesus and touch his robe, I'd be healed. Yeah. And she does, and she is. And so, yeah, that's really the gist of the story, that Jesus heals her, sees her. Um, you know, one of the things Abby, my wife, stopped me on, what was it she told me Sunday? She's always really good to say, oh, if you had just said this. It's like, yeah, it would be nice if you had told me this ahead of time. Um, but she was talking about something that I said around this. And I, it'll come to me during this podcast, but I want to make sure I share it because this is the opportunity for me to fix any of the things I missed. But yeah. ask me other questions. Right. And when it comes to me, I'll, I'll tell us. I got you. Um, I really like how you opened up this sermon Um you said that Jesus wants to clean up the places that we didn't even know were dirty. Mm. But you said, you made the point to say, you don't have to, you can't really clean up your life and then come to Jesus. Yeah. There's this thing where, um, 
or there's this song that Lecrae sent sung. It was like one of his first songs. Um, and he talked about somebody invited him to church, but he felt like he couldn't go because he smelled like smoke. And um, the only life he knew was a life of sin. Mm. And it's like, yeah, exactly. That's why we want you to come to Jesus. Like That's he right. is going to heal you in those areas. He's going to clean those areas up in your life. I really like that you, you made the point of that because I feel like we get a lot of examples of people in the Bible that, that God came to and either rescued or made a promise with that didn't have their lives together. Yeah. Like you look at the patriarchs like Abraham and even Jacob and David, these people, um, they still struggle with sin even when they came to Jesus. Sure. But time and time again, God reminded them of the promise of you know, the covenant, of the promise of the, the coming Messiah. And so this lady, um, Jesus is on the scene now, and this lady comes and she had a thought, like you said, I wonder if she realized in that moment that he was the Messiah. I don't know if we can really tell from that, mm. but from her thought, Jesus Jesus cleans up her life. And so your first idea, the first big idea that we talked about was you won't ever come to Jesus clean enough. And you kind of hit on that just now. And you said, come to him, trust him to do the work. Where trust exists, God moves. And faith and acts of power from God that simply isn't available until you believe. Mm -hmm. So I find that interesting. Let's let's maybe unpack that because I feel like that that last quote, where trust exists, God moves. Faith enacts a power from God that simply isn't available until you believe. That's right. So you know we have to be a people that that trust God because it unlocks a power. And when you think about God has limitless power, right? He has absolutely limitless power, but He will not force you to follow him, to, you know, give your life to him. He's not going to do that. So when you come to him in faith, when you have an authentic faith, you are unlocking a power that he is willing to give you, but is not available to you until you believe. And, and I think that belief part is what is so critical. You know, it, we have to get to that place where we are submitting in belief that we you know, truly believe in who Jesus is and what he can do for us and submit ourselves to that work he's trying to do in our lives. But until we get to that place, we are leaving that power, you know, uh, untapped. Yeah. And you just think about like, why would we, why would we ever do that? Mm -hmm. um, uh, Eric Reynolds uh, and Anthony are going through a book called Habits of Grace and uh, in their connect group. So if you're looking for a connect group, and you want to go through Habits of Grace, uh, this is a little promo for Eric's group. But uh, I really like that book because he talks about um, God being this uh, facet of grace. And so when we put ourselves um, underneath his teachings, when we submit to him, we truly get to experience this grace unlike any other, this healing unlike any other. But he uses this analogy in the book of this, um, uh, this, this sink. Or, or where the water comes out, you can go to the sink and you can stare at the sink all day. Mm -hmm. The water's not going to come out, right? That's right. But you have to touch the lever and open it to let the water flow. Mm -hmm. That is the easiest part of getting water. It really is. And that's really our, our job as Christians is to submit, to, to be under the teaching of Jesus and to submit ourselves and say, you are Lord over our lives. And then that's where this healing, this cleaning takes place. 
you know, spiritual disciplines are great. And that's how you put yourself under the teaching of Christ. But those things don't save you. Mm -hmm. It's through that submission. And they, and through that submission, they change you. Sure. And I, I like that you, that you hit on and that. And why would we ever leave that power untapped? You know, yeah. it'd be like a person in a, in a desert with a, with a well and say, okay, well, I've got to do is turn this tap to unlock the water in this well. And yet I'm going to sit here and, you know, die of thirst. It would be foolish. Yeah. Right. So uh, you just think about what that means for us and people, you know, we go through our daily lives and we, we almost become, we almost become immune to the power of Jesus mm. because we're just so going through the motions, expecting the same old thing, yeah. basically living off what we're producing ourselves because we figured out how to kind of make it through life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you just think like, what a, you know, it, and I may have used this quote on the podcast before, but it was C.S. Lewis that said that um, basically, and this is, I'm, I always have to sum these things up because I don't remember them exactly by heart. But he said that those, basically those of us that are happy with the things of this world are like a people that um, would, would stay like a kid playing in a, in a in a thing of mud rather than going on a holiday at sea you know it's that was a very bad paraphrase <laughs> but that is yeah. basically what he said that, that we would just be happy to muddle about rather than this greater promise that's there for us that's in christ right so anyway one of the the interesting things that kind of came to me while you were teaching is there's all these people around jesus he asked who touched him. Mm -hmm. There's all these people that are touching him. Mm -hmm. And he points out, and this woman points herself out. I wonder what these other people were thinking. Oh, yeah. Because this woman, by her faith, is healed. All these other people had to have some kind of faith. Or maybe they were just there to see the cool miracle. Or, right. Like, there's something different about what is happening in this woman. Mm -hmm. and, and he says, um, which is your big idea number two, come to him in faith. He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Yeah. Like out of all the people that were touching him, she touches him in faith, knowing that, that he has the power to heal. He doesn't have to touch her. She just touches him. And he's like, Hey, your faith has made you. That's right. Well, and, and the cool thing about this, and this was the thing that Abby pointed out. He knows who touched him. Yeah. You know that I know that we know that, but still he asks who touched me. Mm. He gives this woman an opportunity to come forward yeah. to confess, which we talked about as a part of this message that we would be a person that says, okay, I'm, I'm going to confess that I need you. I'm not just going to think because we talked about, Hey, good thoughts are good thoughts. That's fine. Yeah. But until you turn that into actual action and faith, it's just a good thought. You know, it's really nothing. All right. It's just a thought. I can think about doing all kinds of good things for you, but if I never do them, right. <laughs> you know, Hey, I thought about doing this. Okay. Yeah. Well, that didn't really help me. Right. So in that same way, Jesus gives her this opportunity to come forward herself because we know Jesus knew, but she needs to make that like public coming to him, 
And that was, she, Abby was right. That was a good idea that I should have mentioned, especially in the context of offering an invitation on Sunday where it's like, Hey, you too can come forward and, you know, give your life to Christ. And because I talked about confession at the end of the message, but I should have made that connection. So that's cool. But I I think that even kind of goes with what, what I'll be preaching on Sunday Mm -hmm. is this idea that Jesus gives us the opportunity to like see him and and accept him and proclaim who he is, even in these miracles. I mean, with with the story of Lazarus, he's going to ask Martha and Mary these questions, and they're going to say this right answer. But then almost he's like, but there's so much more. Like, you're just skimming the top of who I am. Like, I am these things, but so much more. And y'all, this is what Brennan is preaching on Sunday. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> you know, he already knows that, but you don't. So. And it, it, yeah. it's going to be cool because in seeing these miracles, like you said, he gives this lady the opportunity to to confess. Man, that's, that's powerful. She could have just cowered away and been like, mm-hmm. oh, man, he knows I touched him. Yeah. And, like, just went about her business. But then she wouldn't have. No, she has to come clean yeah. with Jesus. It's yeah. the it's the same point I made at the end of the message about like you're not fooling God. You right. can you know you can be comfortable enough to fool everybody else and say okay that's as far as I want to take this thing. Like as long as I can pull off this kind of charade of everybody else thinks I've got it all together. So that's about as committed as I've got to be yeah. is to make myself appear clean, mm-hmm. right? Versus actually being clean and confessing that, bringing that to the Lord, honestly, coming out in the open with it. That's hard, but it's necessary. And we saw that Sunday, which was really awesome to see Brandon come forward and say, hey, I I need to follow Jesus. And here in front of all these people and, you know, we baptized him outside in the in the uh, what is that? A horse trough? I don't know. I don't know what that's what it's called. That's cool. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it was a cool, a very, very cool moment. But you think about I mean, he. He's a perfect example of that. But like, that's not that's not easy to do to step out of the crowd like that. It's exactly what she was having to do, and it's just a reminder that you know, look, y'all, man, Jesus asks so little of us, right? <laughs> yeah. So little of us. So you think, oh yeah, it's so hard. People might look at me. Oh no, right? <laughs> oh no, that'll be so hard for yeah. you. It's like that meme where somebody's telling Jesus their problems and he's wearing the crown of thorns and all these kinds of things that he has in the story. And it's like, yeah, okay, tell me more about your problems, right? And of course, we serve a savior who loves us and cares about our problems, y'all. So we know that. But my point is like, gosh, man, so little is asked. Why would we not give ourselves really and truly and fully over to him? Humble ourselves, like bring that all to him in honesty. I don't know. It just, just makes me think about it. Which kind of leads and, and piggybacks off of that is once we do come to him, he says to this lady, go in peace. Hmm. And you say that, that going in peace uh, means to go as one, to be restored to a proper relationship with God. Mm-hmm. There is, that is freeing. Yeah. You know, that that is living your best life, as the kids would say. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's why we were created to begin with. And so why would we not want to live out our purpose? Well, we talked about how that, that was kind of a Semitic blessing, a pretty, uh, pretty standard, you know, the verba, the the verbiage of that would have been well known to them. 
And so when Jesus is saying this, he is basically giving this rabbinic blessing over her that is denoting her peace between her and God that's been brought to her. And that now she can go in the peace of God, not just amongst the friends that she'll now be able to be around again, but um, you know, with God himself that she'll now be able to commune with again. And most importantly, in her own spirit, yeah. right? Because you can just imagine, you can just imagine the level of desperation she's feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, the physical pain, the spiritual pain, the relational pain. She had it all. Yeah. That's, that's rough. Maybe that was, you know, one of the reasons that she was like, yeah, hey, I touched you. Like, I have nothing to lose here. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like, by saying that, all I have is to gain, mm-hmm. which she obviously knew that that was, she was going to gain something to the power of Jesus. Sure. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful story. So let's wrap this thing up. What right. are you excited for? Something coming up? Yeah, I uh, get to celebrate 20 years with my bride. Yeah. So we are going on a little trip uh, at the end of the week and looking forward to that, getting away somewhere warm and sunny. And uh, I am going to not be on my phone yeah. or have my phone. So if you need anything, call Brennan. Uh, he'll be here. <laughs> yeah. He's working uh, while I'm not. And uh, yeah, that, that's really for me the, the main thing kind of personally, um, continue to work through some things we're doing on our worship center revamp. We, we ran into some issues with uh, mold and there's nothing real major at the end of the day, but it's just kind of delaying us, but we're working through that process. So I'm excited, still very excited to see all that come together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so yeah, those are kind of the things between personal and church that I'm, I'm excited about. How about you? Um, I'm finishing up my Genesis course for my master's. This is the last week, so I'm wrapping up a paper. It's always exciting. Uh, And then I'm excited as well as nervous about my next class. It's a seven-week course. We have to write a 35 to 45-page paper. Uh, So I'm excited about my topic and just excited to start it. That way, that you know, the hardest part is starting it, outlining it and whatnot. And so I'm excited to begin that and hope that through that paper, some some cool things will happen. Um, but uh, at the same time, um, I get to preach Sunday, mm-hmm. which I am really excited about. Um, and so if if you've heard the story of Lazarus, come anyway, because mm-hmm. I think that uh, what I've learned in studying was new to me. And um, I, I think it's very powerful and how God is going to use it uh, for his church. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, and then... Thursday night, we have our young adult group. I'm going to get to lead lead that while Brian is out. So I'm excited about that as well. Um, so I will turn my phone off that night because the NBA draft is that night. Yeah. And I was just telling you that my phone has been blowing up with, with Pelicans basketball. So um, mm-hmm. we'll have the phone off, um, be able to concentrate on that. But excited mm-hmm. for the draft, too, as a person to know. Nice. Oh, man. Fun stuff, man. Enjoyed being with you again yep. on the breakdown. And uh, it's always fun to get together on this. I'll be out next week. So, you know, it'll either be uh, Brennan by himself or uh, Brennan and a special guest. You'll have to drag up there to talk about your own sermon. Yeah, I know. I, I, I asked Blake if he'd come on. So we're going to give. Uh, oh, I love it. We're going to get Blake on and have him ask me some questions that way. I don't have to play the good cop, bad cop, asking myself questions. Make so. sure you remind him to stay awake on yeah. Sunday so he actually <laughs> listens to the sermon. Okay? That's all about sending my notes beforehand. Yeah, there you if go. If he falls asleep. Perfect. 
the no excuses. But uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we hope that you were encouraged uh, by this podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. See you.